Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Audacity Podcast. I am Janae, your host, and I'm sitting here with Alex, our co-host. And today we are going over the topic of motherhood as it collides with business ownership. So let's get into it. Grab your tea, take a seat, and get ready to embrace and learn from our audacity. Before we get into this week's episode, we are going to dive into our audacious moments of the week, and I am going to start by spilling my tea. So this week, one of my family members had the literal fucking audacity to suggest to me that I could not gain any more weight. Um, And if you are listening to this podcast where all podcasts are available, I want you to go to my Instagram feed and I want you to comment a heart, okay? Just to say you read this and just to agree with the audacity um, because I'm not overweight. I had a baby. Damn straight. All right. You tell them. I was like, I literally had a baby. This body did incredible things. Um, and, and it looks incredible. It, I can't see her, but I can. She looks incredible. Well, thank you. And just the pure audacity that someone feels that they can say that will forever rock my world. That is insane. I can't even go for it. You definitely win <laughs> for the week and the audacious moments. But um, mine is actually a story of a friend of mine who is currently pregnant, which fits perfectly into the motherhood episode. It does. And she's just dealing with a lot of bullshit all over the place, as you'd expect for someone who is newly pregnant. But one of the most audacious moments um, that she's, you know, passed on to me to let me be mad with her about is um, having a coworker of hers come up to her after she had said she was pregnant. She's about, like, halfway through. Um, And towards the beginning, when she kind of told everyone and let them know, you know, I'm pregnant and then things are going to be changing and, you know, my ability to do certain things at a certain point is going to get a little more difficult in terms of getting around and stuff like that. Um, And when she told everybody all of that, now obviously everyone knows and they're completely reacting differently to a lot of things. But someone specifically had said to her when she was kind of, like, disciplining them for... She's, like, the leader at um, this place of work, and she had to kind of, like, hand out a little bit of discipline for someone who was not doing their job and not fulfilling their responsibilities on the team, and they basically said that, like, they weren't mad at her for yelling at them because they know that her hormones are just taking over. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) And they're just controlling her and making her... (laughs) Controlling! Making her act this way. (laughs) Those damn pesky hormones, man, they make you control people. Uh Uh-huh. And that's, you know, what happens when you're pregnant, obviously. So, you know, the the notion that she is no longer able to do her job, which, may I add, she does in a fantastic way. Oh, yeah. Especially while pregnant. Pregnant women are superheroes. I don't know what anybody says. Yeah, she's a superhero beforehand. So, I mean, it's it's just just even more heightened now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's got, like, double the superhero happening. There you go. And, yeah, the audacity of someone to even suggest that it would be... We got hormones. We got weight. A lot of people are testing our gangster this week. (laughs) We are about to dive into this week's episode. Sharing with you a content warning before we dive into this week's episode. This week's episode does go over conversations regarding pregnancy, abortion, miscarriages, and the mental health of a COVID parent. So I'm asking you to please be mindful before listening to this week's episode of where you are mentally. So in 2020, I became a mom to... Oliver Lewis. Oliver just turned two last week. 
and I have been reflecting a lot on motherhood as it collides with business ownership. And I've really been thinking in regards to the sacrifices that moms make. Um, and I guess as I was thinking about it and I was writing it down, I started to kind of see that moms are presented with either ors, but never ands. As moms can't be multi-hyphenate, apparently. <laughs> apparently society does not. According to not us. <laughs> right. Not the people sitting in this room, but apparently moms can't be multi-hyphenate. Like we have to give our all to our kids. And I was just thinking in regards and reflecting on the journey that I've had with motherhood and some of the uh, troubles that I have faced um, externally and internally. And I'm I'm going to share that today. <laughs> and I promise not to cry this episode <laughs> as I dive into this. I also promise that I am in therapy. So I've been talking about this <laughs> since about April 2020 um, with my therapist. But let's go ahead and start with the year I got pregnant. Yes. <laughs> so I got pregnant in 2019. And I became, as we said, like your friend, mm -hmm. a freaking superhuman. Um, I worked my butt off to make sure that I had savings um, for when Ollie was born, that he had the perfect nursery and that everything was covered. So I, as a small business owner and an entrepreneur, could take a maternity leave and not feel the pressure and be with my kid for those first few months. Uh, also, granted, I'm literally with my kid every day. Yeah. Can I <laughs> just say that that was incredibly, like, you did that very well, and I think that might be one of the most impressive parts of how you've done this, is how planned ahead you were in that situation. Yeah, some may have called it anal. <laughs> no, it wasn't, because honestly, you had the interns, too, in the very beginning, and yeah. we didn't even know. No. There was not. you didn't miss a beat. I mean, you were lucky enough, obviously, to have, like, a easy beginning of the pregnancy. You weren't super yes. sick or anything like that, which is great, but... Um, otherwise, I mean, we had no idea. Like there was not a change in your work ethic or communication, like nothing changed. It was honestly, and it was like, it was, I, that was so funny because I remember <laughs> your cohort of interns and I remember being like, you guys will leave and I would like go take a nap. It's crazy. <laughs> Cause I would be so exhausted. But yeah, like my, my pregnancy was, thank God. It was very, very easy. I didn't have nausea. I just like went through my pregnancy very gracefully. Thank you, Oliver, yes, for that. Boy. Right? <laughs> you know, grow a day and be like, this is the worst. Right. But I, I went through very easily and I was at photo shoots. I was meeting mm -hmm. with clients. I was doing mentor sessions. I was like all over the place. And like, I was like trying to keep healthy. So I remember I was just like walk to the coffee shop and meet with my people and then walk home. Um, and I just, I kept, I literally kept that pace until my water broke February 20th. Like I literally yeah. sent out, a, I was sitting on a couch, I sent out a contract, got up to go get something to drink after pressing sin, and my water broke and I was like, oh shit, I'm about to do this, go <laughs> hunt, we're about to do this. So I'm like, I'm pumped and I'm ready because obviously I've been pregnant for a long yeah, time. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I am, I'm ready. I'm ready for this to do. I'm like, I'm literally going through the motions of mm -hmm. what you go, you know, you mm -hmm. like have to um, time your contractions and I'm like walking around the house and <laughs> just chilling, just <laughs> moving in my own beat. And I'm like, okay, they're getting a little bit more intense. You know, like we, my doula and I thought it was going to take like a little while for me to progress. Uh, it, it didn't like, I, I labored at home probably for five hours, you know, mm -hmm. sat in the bathtub, did my thing. We're about five hours in. I'm like, okay, it's getting a little painful. Mm -hmm. 
So like, let's go because I think I am obviously uh, at the point where we probably should get checked out. I would like literally was doing fine. I thought I was gonna have like a natural birth. Um, I thought I was gonna have, that was the plan was to have a natural birth. I planned for a natural birth and I planned for my uncle to be there to administer my um, anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> um, my epidural not anesthesia like we had planned for him to be there mm-hmm. but I was like gonna have a natural birth that was that was the goal but then I got to the hospital and everybody was testing my motherfucking gangster <laughs> and you had my mom constantly touching me and I was like I can't do mind over matter if you keep touching me uh, you have Ethan Loki freaking out you have the nurse like trying to tell me like well e- even if you are dilated and I was like I was dilated like a week ago which is <laughs> like she was even if your water did break and I was like I'm pretty sure a gallon of water coming out of my wuha is my water breaking um but you know to each its own yeah so like I'm sitting there and you have my mom talking a lot and you have Ethan talking a lot and it's hot and I'm puking and I was like okay mom it's time to call Uncle Jimmy so he can (laughs) stab me in the back please um because I'm having a very hard time managing what's going on right now (laughs) (laughs) so we get there whatever we do the thing I labor I give birth to Ollie on February 21st 2020 beautiful moment 100% 100% beautiful moment, but that kid has literally been my been by my side since he came out. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and one of the reasons why he has been by my side is because he's a pandemic baby. Absolutely. He was born two weeks before the entire world shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the entire world shutting down, I lost access to the support system that I had set up, as you said, so strategically. Yeah beforehand there goes the plan <laughs> there goes i mean like a whole ass global All of the plans yeah yeah global pandemic will do that to you it 100%. will literally erase your entire plan uh, and that's exactly what <laughs> we did that's exactly what happened is like my mom and a lot of people in my family are immune compromised and they were being very 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 cautious about like seeing a newborn right mm-hmm. granted i had literally Another anal moment is I made everyone get flu shots um, before Oliver was born. I was like, if you want to be around this kid and you want to be heavily involved in this kid's newborn life, he is born during flu season, so go get your flu vaccine. Well, that's a good one. That's what my doctor kept saying. That's funny. He was like, like, so yeah, you probably want to go tell everybody to get their flu shots. Um, And that's what I did. But even like, we were prepared for the flu, not COVID-19. Like we literally were prepared for the flu. Very different. And my support system just started fading, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, sorry, we don't want to come over. We really just don't want to test it. We have no idea what this is, but the entire world is shutting down one country at a time. Um, And that literally left me to fend for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And within fending for myself, I pretty much felt like I was doing everything alone. Like, I mean... I don't get me wrong. The newborn stages—it's it, euphoric. Mm-hmm. It's euphoric. You're just sitting there with this very, very cute, snuggly little <laughs> human. It doesn't really make a lot of sound, <laughs> and they just sleep all the time. You're just like, oh my god, how did I create this yeah. beautiful little thing that's like laying on top of you? But I, I remember like, oh, okay, well, I probably should eat. Okay, but I also just gave birth, so everything down there hurts. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I'm going to, in our house, unfortunately, like, there's no bathroom on the first floor, so you, yeah, either, you have to walk upstairs. Up yes. Yeah. Lots of up and I mean, which literally, they left and they're like, we prefer if, like, you didn't drive and you didn't, like, do massively up and down the stairs type of thing. And I was like, 
I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Literally fucked. And I just was like, okay, I have to eat. I have to drink. I'm breastfeeding, right? I'm breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I need to eat. I need to drink. I need to make sure I'm keeping my supply uh, up for Oliver. And I feel like that right there is even a, a very good point to say is like, it, it changes. Like you start taking care of yourself for your baby. Yeah. And then you almost get, if you're doing it with unlimited support system, you almost get unfortunately stuck into that. It's like you're taking care of yourself for your baby. Your baby may not need you to shower every day, yeah. right? They definitely need you to eat meals though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need you to stay hydrated. They need you to care for them. And I think that like even thinking back on that, that has pretty much been what it has been yeah. for the last two years is me caring for Oliver. So fast forward to Oliver being in his newborn stage. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, being the crazy person that I am, I still technically did an internship program. <laughs> Yeah. During during yes. the pandemic year, um, yeah. because a lot of people, a lot of students were literally losing their access to internship. And we we were like, we're going to keep it and we're just going to change it and we're going to make it mostly virtual. virtual yeah. Um, and that's what we ended up doing. We, made, we did a virtual cohort and I like I feel like newborn Ali. I wasn't like worried. I wasn't worried about what he will do because I'm like, you turn the camera off, you breastfeed your kid. Yeah. You baby wear your kid. Your newborn yeah, loves being snuggled. I feel like you wore him a lot. Oh, in that. Oliver <laughs> was. He was just real comfy and you just warm around. Oliver was <laughs> superb in his little sully baby wrap. That kid was. Yeah. That's how I got everything done. That's, yeah. I, did, I literally felt like from not being pregnant to um, getting pregnant to giving birth to newborn stage. Like I didn't miss a beat. I literally felt like I did not miss a beat worth ethic wise. I just kept going, kept going. Yeah. And he wore, he was worn. <laughs> yeah. You just had him like on your belly, in your belly at one point and then on your chest <laughs> just, later. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much how we rock and rolled. Um, yeah. And honestly, I feel like he didn't really outgrow baby wearing until he really started walking. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes then I totally would squeeze his little button there because he liked being nice and tug he's cuddly still he's very yeah he's he's a mama's boy he's very cuddly (laughs) he's very very cuddly he still very much loves the booby even though he's not breastfeeding the kid is a character well i mean it's just something that's kind of known that a lot of this is almost an expectation of you as the mother of the baby it's not something that necessarily the father always has to carry as well um regardless of you know the in-home business situation whether or not you both own businesses which is obviously your guys's case or other people who have different situations, it's always kind of, there's an expectation that carries that it's on you a little bit. No, 100%. And um, at one point I felt like I was leaning into this Wonder Woman scenario that that society put on me. And 2022, Janae is like, fuck that shit because that is- It feels good for like a minute. That is Oh, I can do everything. Well, I'm like, I'm literally, I- that's that's the good hormones that come after, yeah. <laughs> come after having a baby where you're in la la land and you're like I got yeah. this I feel good I can do anything <laughs> right it's a hormone sometimes give you superpowers okay yeah. I mean you do deliver a baby based on very high yeah. hormones but I don't like this Wonder Woman persona that moms are required to have from society and I have faced this thing multiple times where I would be doing literally everything I mean like I cook I clean I run a business I take care of my child I see I see family I set up family events I was like doing everything and I was like I this is makes no sense like this isn't partnership this is not what motherhood is woman being Wonder Woman is one of the most overrated things I have ever experienced in my life and 
as we're like kind of sitting there and I'm you, mom sacrifice, like being Wonder Woman comes with sacrifices that I think people try to ignore. And I like remember um, Ethan saying, wow, you're Wonder Woman, you can do all of this. And I was like, well, no, you can't just call me Wonder Woman and ignore my cry for help. <laughs> and I don't, and I, I think that that is the thing is like, if you, if society puts a shield on you, or let's say the, the golden lasso, uh-huh. um, then you, you don't get to break down, right? Moms don't get to break down. And I'm like, that's a societal thing within itself. It's like moms never get to take a break. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. I remember telling my therapist, like, it sucks that I am the one who has to ask to take a shower. Like, this yeah. is a basic human necessity. But as a man, you know that you can get your shower in. Mm-hmm. 100%. You can get your shower in. Because you know that you're, the mom has the baby. There's, there's no question mm-hmm. about that. As a woman, as a mother, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go hop in the shower. Can mm-hmm. you make sure, like, you watch him properly? Or, hey, I put him down for a nap so now I can go hop in the shower. And that's that literally was just one of the craziest things that I was, like, sitting there experiencing in 2020. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was, like, literally, I, like, kept scratching my head. I was like, the fuck, the fuck, the fuck. Yeah. Well, and it fuck. continues beyond, like, the it, newborn stage, too, because what? I know that you leave the house and people are like, oh, where's Oliver? But I'm sure no one's asking that question. Oh, 100%. When he shows up, you know, at the... I mean, Oliver literally does everything with me, and he's done everything with me. He's been at photo shoots. He's been at, at calls. He's been at intern meetings. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally crashes our meetings. Absolutely. Um, all the time. All the time. <laughs> and I'm like, he's literally with me all the time. And, like, when I have to do something, like, when I have to leave the house, I have to make sure that he has childcare that may not even be his dad Mm -hmm. right i have to make sure that he is taken care of so then i can schedule to leave the fucking house yeah which again is ridiculous (laughs) it's so it's like it's audacious absolutely it 100 is audacious that like i can't just leave the house and know that my kid is taken care of so newborn Mm -hmm. stage is great like i was definitely struggling i think in the newborn stage because i did lose so much support even though oliver was a very easy baby like we had our flow we were we were good. The kid was breastfed. Mm-hmm. Like you're comfy. We were we were good. But even then, you like you kind of see like I didn't get to see you, and I didn't get to see Anita, and I yeah. didn't get to see any of like my friends, and I didn't really get to see my parents, and he didn't really get to see his aunts and uncles, and like he had only met a very like limited portion. Like you saw him when he was like a week old. Yeah, I met him at like two weeks old, and then not again until he was maybe one. Right, and I'm like even to that is like it that's crazy yeah like that's crazy that's pandemic parenting and i think like a mix with societal standards and then add on the fact that we're in a pandemic yeah it was ridiculous i like remember like okay well like i'm just gonna do this i'm gonna keep this going i'm gonna do this um oliver's breastfed so all he has to do is do my boob and i just like remember (laughs) one time asking ethan i was like hey so um i would like to get oliver on bottles so like he can spend some time with other people that are not me because if you know yeah. babies babies feed every two hours yeah. they feed every two hours <laughs> they're like here's your babe yeah. <laughs> where's the boob and i was like yeah. trying to get him on a bottle and i remember ethan saying like eh, no i'm not gonna do that that's why you have a boob and i was like okay i was like you're telling you're isolating me like you're literally telling yeah. me that i'm alone I'm like you have nipples too let him try it <laughs> let's see <laughs> Let's try it. Let's try it. No, I should have said that. But I was like, <laughs> I really should have said see that. See See how... <laughs> let, let him just nip yeah. it. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Nip it. Exactly. Let him <laughs> bite it and let me know what you think then. Let him nip it. And like, that was also like another thing that people glorified was uh, breastfeeding. I'm like, whichever way get your kid fed is the best way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people like glorified me breastfeeding. I had a very good supply. They're like, oh, you know, it was very easy for me. I'm not going to lie. 
It's very easy. Oliver, literally five minutes, less than five minutes out of after being out of the womb, they he just okay. he just yeah. went. Ah. <laughs> and he latched perfectly and never really struggled with an issue. He never struggled with swallowing. He was he was good. Yeah. So it definitely was very easy just to pop Oliver on the boob. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, like, I would prefer if, like, he did nighttime feedings via bottle. I not have to do this. <laughs> all the time. All the time, yeah. I'm like, I breastfeeding is like, I love breastfeeding. I will do it with my next child. I'm like, but nighttime feeding. I was like, if you can do the nighttime yeah. feeding, I can go hop in the fucking shower yeah. while you feed him or a yeah, bottle. Sleep. <laughs> I was like, I, Oliver slept, co-slept with me. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you, if you think about it, Oliver was breastfed. Mm-hmm. He co-slept with me right he also happened to be blind for the first six months of his life he had eye surgery he got contacts i'm the only person in the in my support system who can do the contacts we can put them in and take them out i'm the one that schedules all the appointments i'm like literally everything is is on me now motherhood is supposed to be very joyous which means you don't get to complain yeah (laughs) Because Except for now, go <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's because do it. people are like, oh, you can't complain. You just you have this beautiful baby. Like some people aren't given that privilege, um, and society doesn't let you complain mm-hmm. as a mother. Which I just well, and that's the thing is you're expected that it's expected that only one of those things can be true. Right. Like you almost like you can't have a beautiful child and also be upset about things. And it's right. Like both of those things are true at the same time. Like exactly. It's like I was very joyous of, of Oliver. I'm like, he is the greatest thing that I ever created. Absolutely. I also was very pissed off about the literal audacity that I was experiencing as a new mom. Like I just felt like every, I'm doing all of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I literally felt like everyone would like come to Ethan and they're like, wow, your kid's so great. Wow. You're doing such a great job. And I'm sitting here like, you're kidding (laughs) i was like you can give him his props but let's let's be honest and authentic in what the uh representation actually is yeah that's like that's literally my only request be honest and authentic about the actual representation Mm -hmm. and the actual representation was that i was the one who had a sacrifice i sacrificed time i sacrificed friendships i sacrificed relationship support systems all that jazz i was the one sacrificing because guess what I brought a kid into this world, a kid who cannot fend for himself, Mm -hmm. therefore, I have to help him. Well, and that's the thing is, even, I mean, you have a certain level of expectation. Like, you knew that there were going to be sacrifices. It's not like Uh you thought this was going to be, you know, a free ride for the next 18 plus years. Exactly. You were just like... But I was was ready and I was prepared to make those sacrifices. And I thought, like, hey... other one who you'll who, follow suit yes who helped yeah. create this little monster yeah. takes um, two, baby. <laughs> does take two to tango Forget that. so i was like you know like come on man mm-hmm. like come on come on i'm like you're getting props so at least like help me and yeah. i'm like and i felt so many times i felt like i was speaking on obviously deaf ears yeah. i was sitting there i'm like okay i need help here this is where i'm saying i need help i'm not not a clear communicator i'm saying this is where i need help yeah. and i'm saying that i'm struggling in this area like and you're not he's like up he literally would say up this is what you chose and i was like no we both chose this 
I'm like, we had a conversation. We yeah. both chose this. We exactly. both chose to move forward, and we well, both chose this as our next step like in life. And like I said, I mean, you can prepare for a lot of things, but, like, you were not prepared for Oliver to have, you know, the sight issues that he does. No. And having to take care of things like putting contacts in an infant right. every day. Twice. Right. Although, like like I said, I, I had cataracts removed, so I there was a slight chance, but he did get checked out when he was a newborn. Yeah. And, like, one of those also things that just about, like, being adaptable and parented was mm-hmm. we, because of the pandemic we got put on virtual appointments yeah right he saw his doctor for his month checkup yeah and then we got put on virtual checkups there's literally no one to teach you how to put contacts in a baby (laughs) right and then we literally at his three-month checkup they're like yeah or like me and my mom were like we were worried we were worried he wasn't making the greatest eye contact he was really into like uh looking directly into the light Mm -hmm. um and i was like me and my mom we were worried we're like okay i had cataracts yeah you were on alert yeah yeah my biological mom had cataracts removed. So we're like, we were on alert. Mm-hmm. And it happened around the same age as me. I had mine um, removed about six months. But we went to his three-month checkup, or I did, because, again, <laughs> yeah. you only could do one parent. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously this was my area. Mm-hmm. So I went in, and we literally, she said, I, I, I think I see a cataract. Next three days, we were in seeing the optometrist. Next three days he had us for a surgery so it went very very fast but it it was just kind of like moments like that like I was the one who technically had to make the decision I was like okay so like this is the information that I was given he's not going blind because I have to wait for you to catch up to this I'm like I and Ethan kind of checked out like I'm not gonna lie that kid gets stressed and he kind of checks out and I was like okay this is not a moment that we can check out but there's also it's not a moment that we're gonna argue like this is one of the things that have those are huge decisions to make in like early levels of life I mean those are Uh he was very little and he was having major surgery major 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 surgery and it was like um and I I I had to make the decision so I made Mm -hmm. the decision and then of course we're talking about like do we go permanent lens or do we go contact lenses so of course they give me the options I go home I'm I research I see the case studies I read the medical journals and I was like okay we're going contacts Mm -hmm. I'm like that literally is the only feasible way to make sure that like his sight grows with him Mm -hmm. and it's not at a standstill just because we we chose where he was at yeah and I was like it's just that is I feel like that scenario just kind of like low-key explains it like Mm -hmm. Obviously, as I was, like, struggling with the loneliness and just, like, being with Oliver all the time and still trying to accomplish things. And like I said, newborn stage was easy. Um, I did start therapy in April of 2020 because I was, like, struggling so bad. So that's, like, only, like, three months after Ollie was born. Yeah, and I was, well, like... you're dealing with a lot of different things. Like, it's not just normal motherhood. You yeah. have a baby who needs specific... Has very specific needs for, you know, his sight and all of his well-being in that department. And then on top of that, it's a pandemic. Like, you're not just dealing with normal motherhood as it has been in the past. Yeah, 100%. So fast forwarding into toddlerhood, because like I said, I didn't really feel the effects of least of balance, the balancing act. I think until Oliver couldn't be placed in yeah. safe areas and not move. Yeah. <laughs> so as we, we got into toddlerhood, Oliver's need for certain things changed. Of course. Uh, his need for attention, for wanting to be walked through things, they, it, it just it, it evolved right you're mm-hmm. you're starting teaching your kid um and educating your kid and they're actually eating solid super <laughs> solid foods yep. like real meals and you have to feed your child like three times a day that food. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know man the audacity <laughs> of feeding a kid making three meals in a kitchen a day is something that i just 
will never be okay with. <laughs> just will never be okay why with. Why can't he eat his popcorn like we do? <laughs> right. Why can't why can't the man live off of caffeine and popcorn? Yeah. Although I'm, we're I'm, fine. At one point, I <laughs> thought he might just be living off of like vegan snack bars there for a second yeah, and i was like fumes. dude kit you got you gotta stop just eating the vegan snack bars <laughs> <laughs> but the, this it, it changed and i think that's where like the the hardship of getting work done yeah. started to sink in for me and the thing is like i thoroughly love what i do mm-hmm. and i knew going into this that i did not want to sacrifice my work just because yeah I had a kid. I was like, I really, and I I really did not want that to be the case. Um, And and we did, we did good for that first year. And then toddlerhood happened and like, I saw myself getting less and less time on the computer. Mm -hmm. Um, Less and less time being able to do like uh, strategy calls. Like I needed to do them, how they were set up before. um, Because I'm like, you, you've been around, right? Yeah. And Oliver needs me and it kind of hits like maybe an hour then Ethan will bring him up and it'll be like, okay, mommy's done working now. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm not done working. Yeah. <laughs> I still have a few more things to do. Or up, oh, Oliver needs nap. Or up, oh, like, Oliver needs food. Or like, I'm like, is he staying on his schedule type of thing? So I like, I kept sacrificing time and I was having such a hard time getting work done. And I was feeling guilty. I was feeling fucking guilty the entire time because I'm like, people committed contracts with me. Yeah. They committed contracts, they signed contracts, and that contract says that I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And they're going to pay X, Y, Z. And I'm going to do it in this amount of time. Yeah. Okay. If I am not, if I can't do that, I'm going to have to sacrifice something. And I just remember sacrificing communication. I'm like, I need to get the work done. I don't need to be communicating with the client. Yeah. And if that's the thing that I need to focus on while getting, while I have my very, very limited amount of time to work, then that is the thing that I'm going to focus on. Um, and that together ended up burning me out. Probably mm-hmm. by the end of 2021, I was like... Oh, fuck this shit. (laughs) Well, and like you said, I mean, you're passionate about what you're doing. It's not just work. It's a passion of yours. And like that part earlier where you mentioned, you know, taking care of yourself to take care of Oliver is something that you kind of have to end up letting go at this point because Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself and wanting to do what you want to do with your time is becoming not an option. Which is exactly kind of how it it happened, right? Is I I just let things go, let things go, Mm -hmm. right? You know, up. Can't can't invest in the smaller self care acts, yeah. and so j- to say like Ethan and I are both entrepreneurs. We both mm-hmm. work from home, um, which you know we we had considered to be a luxury. I mean, like yep. all of pretty much twenty twenty one, most people worked in <laughs> yeah work from home or in a hybrid state. And I think uh, if you read the articles from that time period, they would say that the pressure of parents was quite mm-hmm. intense because you're, they also were doing school and you yeah. know, you have to keep, you have to keep your kid entertained. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the excellent <laughs> point is I remember during the pandemic, obviously like everyone was online all the time creating just like content and stuff because that's all there was to do at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was always, all the stuff you saw with parents working from home was always like a joke about how it was impossible yeah. and how it was like, kids are in your Zoom calls in the background, kids are interrupting this, mm-hmm. kids are trashing your computer while you're on it, like yep. all of these different things. And like, that's something that you guys as people who already worked from home and always have, have always been dealing with, like that was always an aspect of it. Right. And I was like, and I, I felt like I, w- I was constantly evolving, obviously our, our home home workspace, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so if Oliver has a playroom downstairs, um, then I'm going to make my office at the dining room table with my laptop. And if I need to go to my desktop to get 
artistic work done, then I'm just going to have to do that during nap time if if my son will let me not nap with him, yeah. right? <laughs> um, or I'm going to have to get it done at night. So if I have to get it done at night and I'm waking up at six and I'm going to bed at two, I'm like, that right there is a ridiculous shift. That mm-hmm. shit is just... That's insane to even be doing that. So like obviously as 2021 went on, um, we were able to filter in or I was able to set up Oliver's schedule and filter in some support system so ethan's mom had become a an excellent support system right Mm -hmm. um i was very very adamant that nobody could take oliver long term until after he turned one and he stopped breastfeeding Mm -hmm. um because if you if he won't take a bottle (laughs) and he wants the boob uh, and he won't eat then there's really no point right honestly there's really no point for a a newborn to ever be away from their mom um and i had that luxury to not let that happen yeah so he after turn one we Tested out Ethan's mom taking Oliver. She did great. She does great with toddlers. Ethan's mom and I, we have a, a great relationship that we literally, like, we're sitting here right now because she's watching yes. Oliver. Every Friday, podcast recording day because Cause she, mom is Ollie. Right. Because she has Ollie and she is very consistent. And, like, during the summer, she'll take him on Tuesdays so we can have intern Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And that's like, she is fantastic. It is fantastic. Um, And before my sister went to college, she would come over every Wednesday and she would help me tidy up the house and clean. Um, And then my mom did Thursdays when she could. There's a certain annoyance that I've always had with support systems and you saying, I need support this way. And then someone says, nope, I'm going to give it to you this way. Mm -hmm. Um, So then you're adapting. You're adapting yet again. Yeah. Right? So somebody else can help you, which I just find to be like quite, quite ludicrous, quite frankly, yes. because you're like, I have five of the seven days yeah. where I'm 24 hour shifts. I'm asking for you to give me a Tuesday. Yeah. So I'm like, if you can't rearrange it, great. Okay, fine. But I'm yeah. like, there are some times where you definitely can rearrange it. And sometimes it's just like a, it's, it's a battle mm-hmm. on purpose. Um, I feel and I, I like, I felt that way a lot with Ethan, I was like, I feel like you're just battling me to battle me. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying like, hey, this is like, I am saying as the person that you decided to have a kid with, I'm saying this is where I need to be met. You're not meeting me. And it's quite, it's frustrating. So to the point where I get, I have a trauma response. Like literally this entire situation triggered my hyper independence. I'm like, it just, Mm -hmm. that's just who I am. Um, And if you are, if I give you a chance to come through and just to support me and you do not support me. I then will not rely on you. Yeah. Which, Which makes sense. I mean, you right, can't it's be expected a, to just wait around for people to help you after you've asked them several times. I mean, you can't just sit there and wait. It's 100. It's like, it's, it's not ludicrous to say that that is the case. No. But at the same time, I'm like, you are putting, I'm like, you're putting me in, in fight or flight mode. Like yeah. my trauma from being adopted and being neglected yeah. and abandoned <laughs> throughout my entire childhood right up until I was adopted at 11 you are triggering this on a daily basis and I am literally struggling because you're triggering this Mm -hmm. now I'm communicating this to you I've communicated this to him I've communicated this through therapy I'm not a terrible communicator when it comes to this I don't just shut down I'm like (laughs) I speak it and I'm like okay so what are you going to do to help that if I'm saying like this is where I need to be met and you're like ah just kidding. No, what you really need is. Yeah, I'm like, no. Nope. tell you what you need. Exactly. And that's like, that's a lot of like where our issues in our relationship have stemmed from is because it's constantly this, oh, I mean, 
can't you just be patient? Oh, I mean, this is your job as a mom. And I was like, my job as a mom is not to lose my identity. That's not it. It's not to lose everything that I built before because I decided to have a kid. Yeah. I go, it's not. It's not to re, well, re, rebirth myself after he turns five because yes. I go to kindergarten. I go, that's not it. I don't have to. I don't have to sacrifice who I no. am because I became Oliver's mama. Like that's not yeah. that's one part of and my identity. Not to defend anyone, of course, but like it is a societal understanding that mm-hmm. like that is that he's right basically. Yeah, this societal understanding and that you know you did decide to have this child and you knew that you were going to be the mother and you were going to have to do all of these things and you know you should have known that this was coming and it's not only were there things that you couldn't prepare for like. <laughs> Oliver's specific needs and, you know, the changes in the world, (laughs) global pandemic and things like that. I mean, obviously those are things that you can prepare for, but even just in general, just quote unquote, regular motherhood. Right. And it shouldn't have to navigate those things alone. And that, that's, that's the thing to me is like, I shouldn't have to navigate it alone. I knew coming into this that I was going to give it my all regardless Mm -hmm. of what the world looked like. Right. Because I, I, I came from a place where I didn't have a mom there. I was in the foster care system. I did not have a mom there. I had, we, we bounced from my grandma's house to my biological mom's house to foster care. So I'm like, I knew going into motherhood that I was going to give everything I had because Oliver deserves so much more than I was given at any point in time. Well, and that's the whole idea, right? Is giving them a better life regardless of what yours was like. I mean, that you always want them to have one step better than you did. Right. So me sacrificing my time to bake cookies with Oliver mm-hmm. is just something that I'm going to do. Me sacrificing my time to make sure his schedule, he stays on his schedule is something that I know is important because guess what? Toddlers without naps are the devil. <laughs> uh, don't let anybody tell you differently. <laughs> they are, they are literally. I don't think anyone would try to tell you differently. <laughs> yeah, they literally are the devil. And we're like, okay, so like, yeah, he, he wakes up at this time he wakes up at 6 6 30 uh and i'm up with him <laughs> i put him down for his nap uh i put him down for bed and in between there i do breakfast lunch dinner bath time all the activities and then i decide that apparently apparently it, it has been decided for me that i only get one day a week to do everything okay, that comes yeah. with running three businesses <laughs> If you count uh, this, four. Four, right? If you, <laughs> if you count the podcast, four you count businesses. Count me, four. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm like, and I, apparently now I only get to do that on one day. And I'm sure people are thinking, oh, don't you have daycare? I worked at a daycare. I have been pretty anti-daycare since working at a daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, even in a pandemic, daycares are extremely unreliable. Well, they, you shouldn't be forced to choose an option that you don't want to choose. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like you're saying all daycares are horrible, but like, there's no choice. Like, you shouldn't have to make that choice if you don't want to. 100% whatever you want to do 100% and like I'm like okay so Oliver is technically not yet at the age of preschool mm-hmm. <laughs> right and obviously an educational based program is what we would prefer anyway I don't do daycare so I'm like okay that's the sacrifice I'm making but mm-hmm. at the same time like if it's a balance and I think it's like it doesn't even have to be a 50 50 balance with your partner I think yeah. it has to be comprehension compassion is what I feel like are at the foundation of really good communication so it's like if I'm sacrificing my time which means that I am actively saying that I cannot get x y x how do you say x y c <laughs> done forgot my alphabet there for a second you guys but if you can't get xyz done um and that's what you're doing as a a time sacrifice right then your partner should be 
if your partner's idea is that they're going to be the financial yeah superhero <laughs> of the family I'm like then I don't ever want to hear anything regarding <laughs> mm-hmm. like me bringing in finances if you don't want to hear about me saying like you should be doing xyz yeah. um, as a as a, a parent because we both chose parenthood mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that I should be doing xyz yeah. I'm like that that's the type of balance I'm talking about it does not have to be 50 50 but I hate double standards and I fucking hate hypocrisy well and you're right I mean even just apart from your guys' specific experience, like, obviously everyone's different. Some people work nine to fives, and some yeah. people go into the office, and, you know, sometimes that's both people in the partnership, and sometimes it's only one of them, and, mm-hmm. like, everything, that's how it works, is that everybody's got a different level of balance. 100%, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's finding your balance, and yeah. not being unopen to finding your balance. Like, why would you close yourself off to finding a balance with a partner that yeah. you that you have decided to have a kid? I'm sorry. Like, that is, that is like, the ultimate life decision is mm-hmm. to bring a kid into this world and to decide all of a sudden that, like, mm, actually. Mm. Yeah. And to a point, too, like, it's not even just for Ollie. It's for the two of you. And right. Relation, like, that's right. another whole aspect of it is, like, don't you want to do this for the other person, not just for the child? <laughs> exactly. And I think, like, um, we had discussed that a lot in, in therapy. We discussed that. Why well, I, I discussed it so well. Like I said, I've been doing therapy mm-hmm. um, for nearly two years at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had discussed is, like, okay, well... I mean, like, I remember our, our couples counselor saying, like, do you hear what she's saying? Like, she's speaking to you pretty clearly. You're you're deciding that what she's saying is incorrectly, and you're rephrasing it mm-hmm. to be something it's not. And I would sit there, and I'm like, this literally has been our yeah, issue. It's like my mind. I was like, this literally has been our issue. Is that I'm sitting here, and I'm saying, hi, I would really like help here. And it's yeah. like, and I would be things as, as simple as, can you please take Monday for four hours? Mm-hmm that's literally it's it's simple four hours four hours all of his awake hours yes i don't do fractions but it's not a lot (laughs) well and then i would even schedule it so he would have like a nap within there Mm -hmm. and then i could just work i'm like i'm not asking you to wake up earlier than you're used to i'm not asking you to put him down for a nap i I can put him down for a nap you can have your two hours upstairs because kids sleep for two hours toddlers sleep for two hours upstairs and then you can do something with him after like I will feed him I will put him down for lunch like I will make your job easier I just need four hours and it was like even that small ask was something that was like very hard for him to grasp and it just kept being like well this is what you chose well this is what you chose and I'm like okay well I'm not I'm not gonna fight it because guess who doesn't deserve to have less than or have his activity sacrifice, right? Like that's what it comes to is like what are your options? You mm-hmm. either sacrifice things for him, like he loses out on things, which is, is not, not fair, fair and is not right, and is what you're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you let yourself right. go. I mean, you take up, you know, you pick up the slack and you sacrifice things on your own end. Right. And even if you're, you're even if you're thinking like you, you see that when I sit at the computer, I'm not always allowed to get work done because Correct. of Oliver. So I'm like, even if I was this, to decide. And then front row seat, arguably, yes. to all of the Oliver when he's here activity of trying to get work done. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, that boy. I'm like, but even if I was to sit down and say like, hey, I, I guess Oliver is gonna sacrifice this this yeah. outdoor playtime right now so I can get work done mm-hmm. he wouldn't even let me do it yeah. well, and it's that's not like that's a hundred percent a unique experience I mean, right like my two-year-old nephew is not giving you a second to do any work like no. it's not no like it's anything specific. they're not it's not Literally. like Oliver's needy and I'm like exa- not he's normal he's a normal four-year-old so that's like needs. that's also like a I, very important to say it's not like Oliver's needy yeah, he's no. just 
too. And mm-hmm. that's like, so that's kind of like something that I constantly feel like that I am explaining or I'm advocating for Oliver a lot. It's like, oh, he's simply just too. Like, he's mm-hmm. not a burden. He's not anything bad. He's just yeah. too. And two year olds just require a little bit more love and attention. Yeah. Um, even sometimes more than the newborn stage because they're really into things and well, they want active, to experience, yeah. they want to experience things and you want to give them that experience. So it's like, okay, so I am stopping what I'm doing, even though I technically got about 30 minutes done and I am going to go on a walk. We're going to go pick up leaves or we're going to go to the tennis court. We're going to throw balls. Mm-hmm. We're going to go coffee shop. Like we're, I'm going to, and that's the thing that I do. I'm like, I think that even when people saw me on social media, I'm sure they're like, oh, she, she, she's a single parent. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm sure that that is the vibe that people get like oh she's a single parent and I'm like yeah there are definitely times that I 100% feel like a fucking single parent I'm like if I'm doing everything from dusk to dawn yeah from dawn to dusk it very feels very single parenting if I'm like if Oliver is relying on me because I'm his his secure attachment right that's what I worked so very hard to do is to make sure Oliver had a secure attachment and I'm his safety and I'm his comfort right Mm -hmm. I work for that, and that unfortunately puts me in the <laughs> the driver's seat yeah. of literally everything. And it's just like, it. it I mean, it, it is unfortunate. It's unfortunate to feel like a single parent when you're in a relationship. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate the damage that that does to your relationship, but also just like naturally. Like, I, I'm aware that I don't think I could explain it to Ethan in a way that he would ever understand. Just because I'm like, obviously, I've, I've tried this a few different yeah. times. <laughs> I've tried to explain it a few different times. And I'm like, I just, I don't think he he wants to get it is how I'll say it. Um, and I know like this is not every mama's situation. No, there are course. some mamas who like really have a fantastic life partner um, who who I would say was ready yeah for parenthood i think that's the whole point too is that everyone has a different experience but like there is an underlying connotation regardless whether or not like that specific man in the relationship is acting on those like societal beliefs is Mm -hmm. a completely different conversation but the fact that they exist regardless i mean you could have the greatest life partner in the world and have like and still sometimes balanced situation but even from the outside people are still going to be like okay well why is he home right like why are you out while he's home And people are still going to, like, prod you and force you to answer these weird questions about, like, why you aren't being Wonder Woman. They really are expecting you to do so, even from the outside. They're 100% expecting you to be Wonder Woman. And I'm, like, even correlating to the audacious moment that I said, I'm, like, okay, so on top of, like, literally being with my kid all day uh-huh. i also am apparently supposed to go to the gym make sure dinner is on the table keep a house clean oh, yeah. and run be a, a business. traditional successful woman right on right top of and i'm like guys i'm about as anti-traditional as it gets <laughs> i'm like that's pretty clear i'm we like got, beat yeah. beat beat your own drum is like my philosophy in life i'm very anti-tradition like mm-hmm. you can set your own traditions you can set your own tone but even the, the general concept of wonder woman as it relates to motherhood is something that will forever baffle me and i'm like i honestly did not think i was going to be in a situation where i was like uh that i'm sitting here saying yo wonder woman is like being doing everything as a mother is is not something i should be doing yeah i would never i never thought i would have to advocate so hard for that that i'm like i i'm still quite interesting or maybe not always obviously because this is my first kid um but the concept of bringing a kid into those the world Mm -hmm. right and you're sitting there with your partner you said hey 
I'm pregnant. Oliver was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you're like, are we doing this? And they say yes. And you're like, great, fantastic. Uh, and then you see the decline of your relationship. Um, or I would say not necessarily even maybe the decline, but you kind of see gaps that were there before that you didn't have to focus on. Yeah. Because there wasn't there wasn't one person who relied on the both of you in the same manner. Yeah. Or in well, technically maybe not the same manner. But <laughs> Yeah. Well and I think societally and then like in specific situations obviously and like we said, not for everyone, but there's a different commitment when a man is saying yes and a woman is saying yes to the yeah. experience. I've um, had this conversation many, many times before. It is it is different. For when a woman gets pregnant, like I've said that I've said this to my sisters, the responsibility of a woman having sex mm-hmm. is not the responsibility of a man having sex. No. Women get pregnant, then women are are left with that responsibility mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. Whether it is a abortion mm-hmm. that they chose or whether it is the child that they chose to ke- keep, they are stuck. Mm-hmm. with that and I don't even want to say stuck because stuck feels negative but that is the su- but that's a, that it doesn't always have to be a hundred percent happy-go-lucky positive all the time like sometimes these things are surprises and they catch you off guard and like that's great at the end of the day if that's the route that you choose to go with it but that doesn't make any other route wrong 100 percent. you know making it's... a little bit of self-doubt a bad thing I mean I I I, I uh, I'm like it is it's just something that, like, I'm like, okay. Like, I remember telling my therapist, like, wow, you know, women have all the responsibility. Like, if I was to get pregnant again, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what it would look like because I am the one who has sacrificed literally everything. And I cannot imagine bringing a second child into yeah. the mix. Like, I, I would never find myself ever again um, because I am a very caring, nurturing person. Mm-hmm. Like, I choose to bring a kid into this world. I'm giving them my all. Yeah. They are they are the little beings that cannot take care of themselves. Yeah. You decide to bring them into this world, so that's your responsibility. And it's just, it shocks me sometimes. Yeah. Well, and somehow that falls under the whole idea of, like, Superwoman, Wonder Woman. It, it goes under that, and people are like, oh, well, you decided to do this. And it's like, okay, but if you're making the mutual decision... Mm-hmm. Someone else decided to do it too, and there's not, it's not a one-sided deal. It's right. quite literally impossible for it to be a one-sided deal. It's literally, it's impossible. And I, I have had an abortion that I got with Ethan. <laughs> I've had an abortion. That was something that we clearly decided together, mm-hmm. but it affected us very differently because obviously I was the one, you go into an abortion clinic, you have to go in solo. Mm-hmm. And I was the one to make, making the decision. I was like, okay, yeah. And I, again, I had to make the decision in like, 24 hours mm-hmm. um but I made that decision I don't regret that decision but it affected me a lot differently than it affected him yeah. and same with pregnancy like um I remember like having the abortion blah blah blah, blah. I was very fertile okay <laughs> I then had a miscarriage and I just remember like I had a miss crazy story it's like I've, I don't think I've ever told Anita this like mm-hmm. I, I had a miscarriage before our first photo shoot that we ever did together went to the photo shoot went to the, the doctor to confirm the miscarriage mm-hmm. went home on the same on the same day, and I got pregnant with Oliver, and I was like, okay, well, obviously this is meant to be, so mm-hmm. you know, he's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm I am choosing oh, him, um, and it's just it's it's an intense responsibility. But I also, I just it's not even unfair because it's like it, it's what I chose. It's like mm-hmm. I chose to start a business, so I endure all the responsibility that comes with starting a business. I wear yeah. I wear all those hats. 
I wear all the hats of motherhood. Yeah. I go, but it still is unfair because it does take two to tango. It does take two to Absolutely. decide to bring a baby into this world. Um, but yet women are still left with the majority of the burden. And even to the point where um, Ethan kept saying to me like, oh, you know, I just kind of feel like it's you and Ollie against me. And I'm like, this is not something that I'm choosing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not choosing to. Right. I'm like, I'm not choosing to leave you out. We're we're in the same house. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not like I've moved out somewhere. I'm like, we are literally in the same house. I am not choosing to leave you out. But like, okay, Oliver and I wake up and we're going on a walk. You're not, you're not up. Yeah. Well, you have to, that's the thing is in your situation, you have to actively try to be left out because you're in the same space. For all day. We're in the same space all day, mm-hmm. right? Like, Oliver and I are not actively asking to eat dinner solo. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, I'm like, it, it's it's interesting to me how the responsibility but brings out, or you see the roles, right? Mm-hmm. And the roles kind of heighten, I think, different personality traits. It also kind of heightens where your relationship was before you even had a kid. And I think yeah. Ethan and I ran very parallel to mm-hmm. one another. And I think... I didn't even notice it. It was like, I would go do my thing. Yeah. He would do his thing. Because the time didn't matter. That worked. It worked. It worked. It very well worked. And it no longer does work. Yeah. (laughs) Things evolve. (laughs) The reason why I wanted to share this point of view and this perspective, or technically my experience as an early mom um, and the challenges I had was because I want you guys to know that you can get through it. Ethan and I have not figured it out uh, 100%, but our communication from this experience has 100% improved. Um, as I ended, as I was ending up my conversation with Alex, I said that we live very parallel lives that we didn't even notice that we live such parallel lives. And now we are living as a family unit that has to communicate on on a daily basis about what is going on. And we have to find the balance that works for us, which sometimes is not a 50-50 thing. Like, no offense to Ethan, but he could never touch the laundry and I would be okay. <laughs> um, but I want to do some positive takeaways from this because I do feel like the, the conversation got a little negative just because I was recounting an experience that was pretty painful for me. So a positive takeaway is joy. Joy. Ali is the best thing I have ever done. He's the best thing that Ethan and I have ever created. And there's nothing more joyous than watching him thrive together um, as parents. And I want that to be known. But I also want it to be known that as as moms... We are allowed to have these conversations, and I am asking you, if you are a mom who, are, who has just wrapped up this episode, I am asking you to please, please engage with us. You can send me a personal DM. Um, you can send the um, podcast a DM, and I will gladly engage in a conversation with you just about the hardships of motherhood um, as it pertains to any work-life balance or even just being a stay-at-home mom. It's not easy either or. Um, And I am extending that openness (laughs) that I've had um, to my listeners. And I do thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Audacity podcast. Next week, we will be diving into creative careers for women and what that looks like.